0: If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you love listening to this show, please take a second and leave a positive review. It'll help boost the show so that others struggling in a toxic workplace can find it. Thanks.
1: I actually was working third shift at a fast food restaurant, and a couple months prior I had put in my application with a uh, unemployment services And at random, I got a call. I mean, I wasn't expecting to hear anything from them. And they were like, hey, we've got this position open, financial services. It was a customer service type position. And they're like, do you want it? It's potentially temp to hire, which was very stressful because at the time, I mean, we could not afford for me not to have work. So I'm like taking a big risk.
0: This is Clara. Clara worked as a customer service representative for a financial service firm for six years This was the same financial service firm that Walter worked for in episode five.
1: So there wasn't really much of an interview process initially because I came in, they did a very brief interview, but it was basically verifying what the interview process had already gone through with the temp service. And then... I started, I quit my job that I was at, and I was actually considered an email specialist. I was part of the customer service center for the company. However, I exclusively did email, and they sat me in front of a desk, and I knew nothing about this industry. I knew nothing about anything. Nobody showed me anything, and they're like, send a response.
0: Luckily for Clara, getting thrown into the fire was something in which she excelled. This company didn't believe in training, They had a sink or swim mentality, and Clara was an excellent swimmer. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform to those who have survived a highly toxic work experience, only to come out with newfound wisdom and a renewed sense of self. A toxic workplace is more than just the daily grind. It's a soul-crushing experience that will chip away at your sanity until you're about to lose your mind. It's an abusive relationship that's hard to leave. And the longer you stay, the more you lose sight of who you set out to be.
1: So I had some templates, and based on the templates that I had and the different forms and activities I was seeing, I kind of had to just piece it together, figure it out which I was extremely stressed about because it's like, okay, I want this to be a higher position and I have no direction. I have no idea. So apparently I did do well enough that I was eventually after uh, 90 days or something like that, they went ahead and, and went through a formal interview process where I actually interviewed with management level, I guess. And, you know, we went back over everything and they asked if I wanted full time and I said, Yeah, I mean, I needed it. I needed health insurance. That's kind of how I got stuck in it, even after I was hired in. So normal client services was actually they would receive about a two to three week training, which this is any call center I've ever been with. That's standard. You normally get a training before you did it. They never put me in the training. I would ask my team lead a question. She was charming as ever and would tell me, Did you read it? Did you look it up? Because the industry that I was in, there are publications out there that provide uh, guidance for what we were doing. So I would have to go back to these publications, which are like federal level publications without any form of previous experience in this industry. And I would have to read through it and figure out if I could find the answer and try to prove to her like, well, here's all the things I don't know. Like this is what it says, but what's our policy? What's our procedure? It was just constant pushback.
0: The type of customer service Clara was providing had to do with investment accounts. These clients had large dollars in assets that were managed by the company she worked for. If a client had an issue, they were first screened by Clara and she would have to figure out a resolution. The publications she's referring to are heavily worded. Have you ever read the instructions to a federal tax form? Because that's the exact kind of instructions her supervisor referred her to. Those forms are awful to read and definitely shouldn't serve as a training manual to new employees unfamiliar with this industry. But Clara pulled it off.
1: And yeah, so there was, there was no direction, which led me to realizing there was a very, very specific and a very time-sensitive and a very emotionally sensitive process that wasn't being addressed. I had an instance where it came up, I went around to everybody, and basically people were like, We don't have a policy in place for it. Which, I mean, there should be policy and procedure for everything. There wasn't. So I took it upon myself to kind of figure out, like how do you handle this? I was actually going to competitors and I was calling them pretending to be a person in that similar situation. And I was like, hey, so here's the situation. How can we handle this? I was going on my phone, which I got yelled at a couple of times, but I'm like, well, I'm trying to get answers. I would go on my phone and use the web chats with the competitors and was asking them questions at my desk as I'm trying to like figure out how to help these people and how to process these things. So the the email agent position kind of turned into like a callback position. I actually got moved several times in this company. I was moved four times without my consent, just moved, just told because I excelled in my positions and I developed all these things. So they're like, yeah, well you do this so great. Now we're splitting the team up and we're putting you here. We're putting you with this. And then one time that I actually applied for the job that I moved to. And I, I was happy with that. But other than that, I was just constantly moved. I, at first was okay with it. We would have to, there was a group of us we would have to tackle and kind of take on the procedures or whatever. But for reference, I was pushing out between 60 and 100 activities a day. So I was making contact with between 60 and 100 people in a day, maybe not contact, but I was processing, I was, I was doing something, I was touching it, I was doing something. The next person after me was touching about 40.
0: Clara's resourcefulness and ability to find her own way through without a roadmap helped her shine amongst her employees. But this is the kind of company where if you stand out for being efficient, more work will be dumped on you. Like Walter said in his interview about this company, those that prove themselves would get the curse of confidence, and Clara was no exception.
1: We had actually just gone through a merger at the time, and we had taken on another company. Their call center was kind of dissipating, and we kept asking what's happening with with those contacts, what's happening with those. Oh, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. Uh, I opened the process the one day, and there were over 1,500 contacts that had not been made. And they're like, well, you need to figure out how to make those. And I was like, "Uh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) They just didn't contact him. They didn't contact him. And then actually at a manager level, they were like, just cancel those activities. If the person really wants it, they'll come back.
0: So these 1500 contacts were customer issues. Clara's team was handling day-to-day requests that dealt with people's investments. These were actions that needed to be addressed and many of them urgently. For instance, these clients may have needed to roll money into a new account to avoid a taxable transaction, or maybe they needed to make a change to their account. One way or another, these customers' needs weren't being met.
1: And so these people thought this was going through and it was happening. Nothing was happening. Um, And so I had to call them, and they were obviously extremely happy to hear from me. Uh, Not really. (laughs) Um, Because they're like, I thought this was done. And I'm like, yeah, well three months ago when you submitted this and nothing was done with it. So that was kind of one of the first major red flags. I mean, obviously up until this point, there's been a couple of things where I was like, "Eh, this seems a little sketch, but you know, this was the first time where it was like, uh Oh, we have just not only failed the customer, but also the employee in like a severe degree, because I was doing these contacts by myself in the, the department I was in. And the department I happen to be in, the function and process, there could potentially be huge tax consequences for this specific process that the client was requesting. Nobody had contacted them to tell them there was an issue. They thought everything had gone through. They expected it to have been completed already. And then I'm calling them to tell them, hey, here's what's wrong with your form, with your request, with your this, with your that. And sometimes this meant I was extending their process. So now I have all of these individuals who are escalating, who are complaining, who are literally screaming at me on the phone Not much I can do about it. I'm trying to deescalate. When I would go to my supervisor who had been a team lead for like a month before she got bumped up, she wouldn't take it. I took the escalations. If somebody else on the team had a customer that was upset, the escalations came back to me. They just completely ignoring the customer. They were ignoring the situation of the employee. I didn't get any additional help. I asked for temps. I asked for individuals coming in from client services and they're like, no, you'll figure it out.
0: If it wasn't already evident enough to Clara's managers that she was absolutely killing it with these client contacts, then her numbers would surely prove that she was exceeding expectations, and they did. But management devalued these statistics and said they weren't going to use them.
1: I don't know if I ever had a year where I had four quarterly reviews. And and each time, they were always revising it. It was always a re- So what are you truly basing my merits on? I mean, me, myself, I knew I was in an okay position. But I was also in an okay position because I took on an insane workload. I was pulling 10 hour shifts and having two small children at home. And I was literally crying on my way to work. And I was crying on my way home from work. So you know, you had your quarterly reviews, which were a complete joke. I remember the one my my absolute favorite, they graded you by how many activities or how many, you know, touch points you had made within the process. Um, they told me I don't remember the exact percentage, but based on my number of touches and the things that I had moved through and, and the ways that it had moved through, I was carrying about 60% of the team's workload. There was 10 of us. So my score, because you know they have to plug everything in and then the computer shoots out a score. Yeah, they told me they had to manually adjust it to bring it lower because nobody should be doing that good. And that was what I got from my team lead. And I was just like... Are you shitting me? <laughs> like I, I have no words for. It. So you when it, she's like, well, yeah, we adjusted the numbers of the items that you were touching because nobody else is doing that. You're just, it's too high. Okay, they gave me a an eight cent raise and told me I should like it. Now, mind you, they had never brought me up to. So when I was hired in, I was hired in at a lower rate than your average client services. I was higher than when I was temp. However, they never brought me into the actual rate that that position held. And the entire time that I worked there, I never everybody was was higher, higher rates than me, because I came in as a temp, but I was pushing out the work. I mean, they obviously they trusted me with an entire process, like, they just didn't want to have to deal with it. I took ownership of something because you know, it was important to me to service the client. I I mean, I I have work ethic, I, I have responsibility to these clients and um they didn't want to do anything about it it was one of those it was like a bad relationship you know they shit all over you and they're like oh baby i'll never hit you again um because i needed the job i you know i was a primary earner for my family and so they did pay me enough that i could support my family though i would like to point out at one time i was only making like 12 bucks an hour supporting a family of four Uh, that eventually got up more but um for what i was doing i was severely underpaid
0: Clara coming in as a temp in the beginning earmarked her for the rest of her time with this company. It was like no matter how much she worked or how much crap she took from the clients, it was never enough to move past the stigma of a temp worker.
1: Because of the volume of work I had, I wasn't able to respond to the client needs, you know, within timely manners. And I mean, I, I was verbally abused constantly. So that I mean, that's that's client services. That's if you've ever worked retail, fast food customer service call centers is going to happen. So these were super angry people, time sensitive, trying not to get the company's balls suit off because that's how bad, like that's where, that's why they were with me is because they were like, I'm going to sue you. And we're like, wait, don't do that. Talk to, talk to me. I'll make it better. (laughs) There was no one to escalate to above me. Now, were there actually people? Oh, absolutely. Did they take the escalations? No, I had to sit there. I had to be abused with no support i lost my marbles uh no i lost my shit not even my marbles i i t- completely lost it i was on the phone i had just gotten done getting screamed at on this escalation that i've been trying to get somebody else to take over because obviously i wasn't getting anywhere now this director who's everybody's terrified and it's like oh we don't want to you know i threw an e- a printed out email i threw it on her desk and i was like this is your problem and i walked away anybody else would have been fired they didn't fire me because they knew. Like, so, they so, knew. They right. Knew so, yeah. so there, that's where like the real, because they knew I needed what little bit they were giving me and they desperately needed what I was doing. So, you know, there was like a power play. So, I mean, once I kind of figured that out, I did try and make things a little bit better for myself because I would start to kind of assert my dominance over certain things, I guess you could call it. You know, people would try, like, I would get pushed back from other employees. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not getting shit from you. I'm already getting shit from above.
0: This job was vital for Clara to provide for her family. Twelve bucks an hour may not have measured up to the amount of work she was pumping out, but Clara needed the steady paycheck and she was gaining confidence in her abilities to handle situations in a corporate setting. This company is known to instill fear through mass layoffs. Luckily, Clara's work ethic protected her from getting cut.
1: So they used to do mass terminations. I mean, there was a point when they were literally gathering 20 people at a time, taking them into a training room, handing them all separation letters and saying, have a nice day. I mean, you never knew. So I mean I guess I should be grateful for them and that that pushed me to go back to college because I I mean even though I knew I was needed how needed was I um and I had to make sure I had a degree to match my experience so that when I was one of those 20 people I would be safe I would be able to go get another job because you you, you didn't I mean this happened you know you didn't tr- you didn't trust it you didn't trust any like you couldn't trust it you know am I going to say something that's going to you know tick off this one because of course there was catty little groups depending on which management team favored you that could be your job and obviously certain management was better than others so like when a set of management left and new management was brought in they kind of tried to reverse that trend a little bit like hey we're hi ho everybody love everybody but like it, it wasn't you can't undo that kind of damage especially for those of us that had been there for a while you know we're sitting there like um Hi, I remember when like half my department was canned, you know, I mean, and now did some of those people deserve to be fired? Absolutely. But then did some of them not deserve to be fired? Yeah. Also, I pushed myself to create a place where I was valued and they needed me. Was I treated with value or need? No, I was just a grunt. You know, that's all I was.
0: Clara was moved up in positions several times at the company, Her abilities to take on massive amounts of clients made her an asset to the customer service department. But despite her efforts, she says she never felt like she was good enough because she didn't have a college degree. She felt that without one, she was pigeonholed to stay where she was without the opportunity to make more money and move up the ranks. This motivated her to go to college.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there was definitely parts where I saw and I was like, this is not healthy for, you know, Um, the best way to describe it is a bad relationship. It was just enough to keep you there. Gaslighting you, you know, here's health insurance, but you know, here's all these things that you can't get anywhere else because you're not educated. Definitely saw a lot of the red flags and a lot of the things where it's like, this isn't good. But yeah, until I left and truly stepped back and looked at it, I was like, you know, once I look back at all of it, I'm like, oh, well, that's super. I think the biggest thing was the around the lack of education. So a lot of people that had, were there had business degrees, at least associates. I came in with nothing. You know, I came in with cosmetology school dropout, having my kids young, having a generally rough early go of it by the time I got there. So I, you know, I was from a different different area, a different side of the tracks if you will. You know, the the not having a degree in that particular industry is really rough. Well, you're, you know, what would you know? It was all very underhanded. It was all very like, well, we know you, you kind of need it here. And it was so-and-so has this degree. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, they never, they were good at never directly saying it. Well, you're not going to be able to find something like this. For a long time, I thought they were right. And to an extent they were because a lot of what I was doing, a, a lot of industries wanted to see that associate's degree, that bachelor's degree. Um, You know, but then they also kind of made it feel like, well, because I didn't have a degree of any kind, like, I didn't under or I I understood less. And it's like, funny, because that's not how it works. And I didn't really catch on to that until I started to go back to school until I went back into college. And I'm, I'm doing these classes that mirror kind of what I'm doing at work. And I'm like, pfft. I already know all this. Yeah. And I taught myself all this by reading these stupid publications by myself because nobody would help me. Yeah. And, and so that, that was the biggest thing is it was because I didn't have the education or because, well, I haven't been in the industry for so long. Yeah, well, I haven't, but obviously I'm smart enough to, you know, do it. And, you know, the the undermining of my work ethic. I mean, that is one thing regardless of, of anything my parents taught me was this ridiculous need to have, like, Perfect work ethic, like you have to show. Which I mean, I mean, I argue with my kids all the time and tell them that's wrong. What's wrong with society today? But whatever.
0: This idea that college is the measurement for people's capabilities isn't the most accurate rule of thumb. The perspective that if someone doesn't have a college degree, it means they aren't as capable as someone else who does is outdated. Some of the most successful people I know don't have a college degree, and if you do a quick Google search of successful people without a college degree, you'll see some of the biggest names in business. Richard Branson, Ted Turner, Steve Jobs, Henry Ford, there's a whole list. Which, I get it, these are the outliers of their time. But my point is simply that a college degree shouldn't automatically label someone. But in the business finance industry, college degrees and letters after a name will get you places. Getting a degree is the golden ticket to move up here. So Clara did it. She went to school at night and got the required degree for her position. This gave her a new sense of accomplishment and confidence to get out of a toxic environment.
1: 2016 is when I was absolutely desperate. And that's when I started school. I did full time the whole time. I was working over 40 hours a week at that time. Because I was I I had to get out, you know, I I did I was just like, I I can't, I can't anymore. Like I, something has to give. So it was just like, I'm going to put myself through more shit, and bring the anxiety over the edge. And I mean, I was mental by the time I was done with school. But then I got my 2018, I graduated and I got out in 2019. It kind of fell into place randomly. Uh, actually, I ended up hearing from one of my professors about a potential position. I went and applied. So I wasn't actually even planning on leaving right as soon as I got out of college. It just, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough that things kind of fell into place. and Finally, something shined down on me. and was like, hey, you've suffered enough, dear. You'll be in a psych ward soon. <laughs> like, we don't want you to go there. Right. <laughs> got you. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it was... It was bad. The job I have now, my boss, this is the first time I've ever had a boss where she's she said, Your family is always more important than here. And I'm like, Well, what? Shut up. <laughs> I should sacrifice my family for my work, right? She's like, No, no, your family should always come first. And that like I'm and so I started working there when I was 34, 35. I have been working since I was 16, and that's the first time I've heard that. That is,
0: you know? Like, that's a long time. Finding a job where her boss was understanding of a work-life balance was a true gift. Clara wasn't used to a company where they didn't work her to the bone and then expect more. On top of that, her new boss empowered her by being flexible and allowed her to put herself and her family first.
1: So my boss now, like I said, I cannot say enough. I have, I mean, and she's acknowledged it. She's told me before, like, in talking, she's like, you have imposter syndrome, right? She's like, you know, you do right, and and she told me I had that for years, and I'm just like, oh, it's not just me. A powerful woman also had it because I mean, she is like, I love her. She is all the things I could ever hope to be, you know. And she hired women like her, which is amazing. So I am surrounded by these strong. And I mean, it could be men. It just happens to be women that I am surrounded by. But I work my ass off for them, and I do it with a smile because. If there's a problem, my boss takes it. I don't deal with it. I go in and I start to complain about a little something. She's like, what did they say? When, when did they say? What? No. She's like, send me the email. And then she deals with it. I'm like, I, I wasn't expecting you to deal with it, but I'm not going to say no. <laughs> like, you know, so there's support. There's, you know, is there anything we can do to help? I can't even imagine the hell I would have been in when COVID hit with the other company. There was absolutely she's like, you know, if something happens and you need more time off than you have, you know, sick leave for we're going to work it out. Never, you know, not once if you need to go if you need to do this when I was trying to figure out what's going on with my kids in school. I wasn't, you know, you're not supposed to have up private stuff on your work computers. I had both of my kids Google classrooms up on my work computers. I have two monitors. One was for my kids school. One was for work. And my boss is like, is everything okay? Is there anything I can help you with? Do you need to take anything on i wouldn't have gotten that previously i will go to the end of the earth for these people because you know they treat me well
0: this is human basics 101 treat a human being with respect and it will be reciprocated it amazes me that the moment there's a profit to be made money to be had this basic understanding is thrown out the window clara is grateful for her new boss and the way she's respected Her boss is her advocate, a mentor that guides her when needed and empowers her to be authentic. These are traits of a true leader. Clara says not only has her work life changed, but her personal life has been much more fulfilling.
1: So I'm actually at work longer now because I have a commute. Before I didn't really have a commute. Now I do have a commute. I'm in the car a total of about an hour and a half a day. But the time that I'm with my children is quality time. Well, as quality as you can get for having a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old. I'm not stressing about work. I'm not panicking. I'm not, well, how am I going to make the, you know, it's, it is time. I am with my family. Home and work are separate. And I have not once had that before, especially not with the previous job. The previous job, it was, I was home. I was doing research off the clock, not getting paid. I was doing research to try and get different things sorted out. Sometimes I was working from home, you know, so I mean, to be honest, I feel like I missed out on at least a solid three, four years of my kid's life as things kind of ramped up because it didn't start out that way. When I first started the job, it wasn't like that and it progressed and, you know, got worse. So the, the last four years I'd say I was there, it was just like, Did I even, was I even there for my kid? Did I go to their little winter concerts and did I, you know, go to the track meet and stuff? Yeah, but like I was physically present, emotionally and mentally. I wasn't, you know, now I can have conversations with my kids. I can, I've been leaving for work a little bit later. And again, leaving for work later, my boss doesn't say anything. I still show up, still do my job. I'm still there. About on time, maybe about five minutes late, which she doesn't say anything about. I go stop with getting Starbucks with my daughter before I drop her off at school. These are things that I never, never would have happened. Actually, when I went to leave, that was one of the things that they tried to hold over me is that I might not have as much um, leniency. And to some extent, a lot of places aren't super lenient, but I think more that culture is kind of coming around and there's more leniency.
0: I think Claire is right. There are more and more businesses that practice true leadership and employee empowerment. Work-life balance has become a buzzword these days, but there are organizations out there practicing what they preach and giving real meaning to work-life balance. Times are changing, the old road is rapidly aging, and the new one is opening up the possibility of having both a personal life and a career. I asked Clara to reflect on the life lessons she learned while working in a toxic workplace, and she said it brought her confidence and the ability to see her own power.
1: Yes, I have more confidence in myself walking into the position that I'm at now. Technically, I've never done what I do now, never done it before. I mean, it's still finances, but I've never done it before. But I walked in there with confidence, like, yep, I could do this, and I have. There's definitely more confidence within myself. Seeing myself go through that and looking back has also given me more confidence, like, hey, you survived it. I mean, it kind of is a survivor's thing. Like I you know, I made it through that shit show. i don't I don't put up with anything anymore. Like I don't like at my current position, I don't really have to put up with anything cause, like I said, I have the most amazing boss that has ever existed. So I have that support system. But the few times that people have kind of tried to push, like, I push right back. I don't care who you are. I don't care what position you are in the company. I will not be spoken to some kind of way. I will not be treated some kind of way. I don't care what you think you have. At the end of the day, we're both putting on pants the same. You're going to die just like me someday. Like, you're not special. Because before, I used to be like, oh, well, that's like, you know, that's management. That's boss. That's this. Yeah, I'm not like that anymore. But yeah, so I mean, those are those are the big things is, is knowing that I survived it. You know, I don't have that fear and like awe of that position above me, whatever it is. And it's also allowed me to approach them differently and realize that I'm approaching them as an equal, which I've found kind of helps a lot of times in a situation where I think I might get pushed back when I approach them as like, hey, no, we're equals on this. I kind of think they take a step back and they're like, oh, she's coming at me like that. Well, okay. And they just kind of go with it because they, you know, if you if you approach them like that, what are they going to do? And it's not even about being better. It's just about how are we going to get this, the end result that we're looking for And it's nice to finally be in a place where I feel like for the majority, because you're always going to have a little, you know, here and there, and that's normal. I feel like everybody's there for the end result. I mean, we're, we're all, we all understand what that end result is and we're all doing the same, not the same things, but we're all working towards that goal.
0: A place where everyone is working together for the same end result. When the end result is purposeful and the team is considerate and respectful towards each other, then the organization will be profitable naturally because it holds high values. If the integrity of an organization is corrupted, then it cannot persevere in the long run. Human connection is the most important element when it comes to the success of an organization. Luckily for Clara, she persevered in a corrupt environment built the confidence she needed to escape and found herself at a place that celebrated her determination and ability to take on whatever challenge was thrown her way. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do you have a story you'd like to share on our show? Go to toxicworkplacepodcast.com and click on be a guest. Fill out the submission information and we'll be in contact. Your story will be told anonymously. All names are changed to protect the privacy of the company and its employees. We look forward to hearing from you.